Hey everybody, this is So Many Sequels. I'm Josh. I'm Garrett. And I'm David. Welcome to the show. We're gonna have a fun one today, I think. We're jumping back into the MCU. We don't, I don't know, I was gonna say we don't do it a lot, but we do it. David, you're right. Yeah, you're our statistician. Do you have uh, records on how many Marvel movies we've done? We did the Iron Man franchise. Right. Guardians of the Galaxy. We did the Avengers movies, the the, the main the main four Avengers movies. I think that's it. Well, we did Shang-Chi and Eternals both when they came out and Black Widow. So we did those and, and we also did uh, Spider-Man No Way Home, but we haven't finished the Spider-Man franchise. I don't know in terms of numbers what that is. So it's three and two and four and... We've done quite a few. Eight, we've done like eight of 20, some 24. Yeah, that's, yeah, we've done a lot. Today, we're going to go back in time in the MCU to 2016 to talk about Scott Derrickson's Doctor Strange. The Do uh, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness is coming out. And so to get ready, we thought uh, this is a great time to revisit the first Doctor Strange movie. One that kind of, uh, I don't know. Yeah, I know what I'm not going to say what I was going to say because I'll just wait for later. But uh, let me let me just read a little brief synopsis from Letterboxd about Doctor Strange. After his career is destroyed, a brilliant but arrogant surgeon gets a new lease on life when a sorcerer takes him under her wing and trains him to defend the world against evil. So that's Doctor Strange. I think probably anyone listening to this show is familiar with him as a character. Benedict Cumberbatch plays him. He's been in a lot of, he's been in a lot more MCU films than he has his own series. Mm -hmm. This is only his second movie that's going to be coming out here soon. I guess let's just dive in with, have I, had either of you watched this movie a second time but since it came out? Or is or was this the second No, time? I've seen it a few times since it that came out. But I think probably the last time was probably like 2019 or so. This is, I think, I honestly think that this was the first time that I had seen it outside of the theater since... Yeah. Or 2016, I guess, is when it came out. Mm -hmm. I agree. I don't think I watched it again since then. No, it was one of the Marvel movies that was like, this is okay. Um, it wasn't, there are some that really just stand out. And he came out at that time where it was like, kind of, we got better characters and you can just seem like you're here. He came out at a weird time. I think he came so. out right after, right between Civil War and Thor Ragnarok. Yeah, yeah. kind of got forgotten a little bit. But he was far he was a standalone character. He was a new character being introduced in his own film in between Captain America's third movie and Thor's third movie, who were both, and both of those movies were like massive for both of those characters. Mm -hmm. And in Civil War, they introduced Black Panther and Spider-Man, two new characters, but they were introduced in Captain America's uh, movie first. So this was like, I think there was a lot of people sitting there going like, why does this character get his own movie? I think, right. or why does why does he get introduced this way? Now, of course, Doctor Strange had actually been name dropped previously before his movie came out in America in Captain America: The Winter Soldier. So this was actually following through on a tease from a few years before that. But uh, yeah, it was a strange time for him to. It's a strange time for him to come out. Yeah. 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 What did, What did we think of the movie? Any 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 takers to go first? I have. Can, can I go first? Yeah. I have a feeling that I'll probably differ with you guys a little bit here because when I, if you had asked me in 2016, I would have said that this was average MCU movie, but overall nothing too bad. about it. it didn't really hit. I wasn't, I didn't walk away going, oh man, that was just so amazing. I was actually hoping that it was going to 
I remember 2016, this movie came out around the same time as uh, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. Mm. And I remember being in a very much not an anti a Harry Potter person. I was like, you're about to see some real magic with Dr. Strange. And then we went and watched it. I was like, oh, well, Fantastic <laughs> Beasts might have had better magic. <laughs> but I have to say, even though it's only been six years, I feel like Dr. Strange has aged fairly well as a, as a movie for the MCU because Kevin Feige always put it, whenever he would talk about the movie, he said, we're opening up a completely new section of the MCU through Doctor Strange. And that's really come true because nothing that happens in Infinity War or Endgame or Spider-Man No Way Home, I feel like really could have happened without the introduction of Doctor Strange and a lot of the things in this movie. They full-on name drop the multiverse. They show you all these different kind of planes of reality and really key in on some things that would set up premises. I won't say that they directly, but they knew exactly what they were going to do with Infinity War in 2016, but they set up a lot of premises that they would end up being able to use to tell their stories later on. So I feel like it's aged to see a lot of origins for different things that they would do later. I think that the movie's weakest point is its attempt to use humor and the movie... The MCU generally has made a real knack for like it has established their style as being sort of action comedy. And this is the one of the movies where the comedy is the weakest. Like Doctor Strange thinks he's funny, but he's really not that funny. There are good, a couple good humorous moments, but actually I think like they really should just double down on the sort of somber seriousness that goes along with his character. There's a couple of good deleted scenes that really show you the glimpses of goodness in him, which I like people keep saying, there's goodness in you, Doctor Strange, Steve Strange. And I'm like, but where? So anyway, there are some, but there are some good deleted scenes that do show him having levels of compassion that we don't get in this movie. I, I but other, but I think it's aged. I do think I like it more now than I did in 2016. Yeah, I'll, I'll stick with that. I enjoyed my rewatch this time. I that's interesting because I found I liked it until I didn't. I think this this one again was one that I was just I was really interested by Doctor Strange because I think I think they had so much success with Guardians, and that was weird, and they were a little concerned. And I feel like they were, this was their first step into, we are going to take this to the max now. Like we're going to trip it. We're going to make it weird. And we're going to really just lean into this aspect. And I liked looking back on it the second time. What you, what I like about it is how much Dr. Strange has grown without having his own kind of franchise. Like you look back at this and it's his origin story. And what I really liked about it was that origin story aspect but i found to be the weakest was everything that happened with the villain i found that entire story boring and not i didn't feel like it it um it was used well like it introduced premises and it introduced those things but i think that could have been done with this origin story kind of being like a batman begins thing where he's learning all of this stuff and that kind of teaches us a little bit more about the multiverse and and his journey from being that jerk without any kind of core and and going through that journey and learning all of that because there is so much to take in and you can learn about that dark magic and you can learn about the the positive sides and, and, and learn about that history in a different way that doesn't because i i didn't really get anything out of matt he he really served no purpose i i had no interest in that chase and back and forth whatsoever it it did feel like the movie suddenly went, oh, we need to have some action. We need to have like a bad guy because we need to, we, it's a superhero movie. We need to and have I some think kind this of movie, superhero thing. This movie's weird because it has to go cosmic. It has to go so crazy to introduce that multiverse stuff. 
But I don't think you need, I think the Mads and his crew could have focused more on just attacking village or the area wherever they were. I can't remember the name of the place, but if they were just attacking that and they were having to defend that area where they were, rather than taking everything to this massive scale, you can still go through the multiverse and bring in and out, but it doesn't always have to go so big all of the time. And I think that is a problem with Marvel is like every single movie, even these origin stories, goes to such a massive level every time. Mm-hmm. It's Maybe well they do every focus time. a little bit more central and then expand That's as that, they're introducing new things. One of my favorite MC movies continues to be Ant-Man because that movie is not about the world ending. It's about getting inside one building and getting back out. Like, like one semi-small building they have to get out of. That's, that's the, the biggest the scope gets. So it's not, it's not a freaking portal to another universe opening in the middle of Hong Kong, which yeah, there's some third act problems. Josh, what do you think? There's a, so on that note real quick, there's a great episode of Conan O'Brien needs a friend, his podcast, our good friend Conan. He's actually on the, on the show coming up soon. So keep your eyes out for that. God, well, like, earlier when I was muted, I was talking about a, a Conan O'Brien needs a friend. Oh no. I'm so sad I missed that now. So he did an episode with Jake Tapper, which I promise this is related. And But they got into a really great, funny argument about how much Conan hates the use of portals as a story mechanism in the, in the Marvel movies. And really overall, he was like, there's always just a freaking portal opening and that just solves all problems or creates all problems. And it's lazy and I hate it. And <laughs> Jake Tapper was defending the portals. Very funny episode. Go check out a uh, little known podcast uh, from Conan O'Brien. So I I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> I think I like it. I'm with you, David, where you said it's a pretty, it's a, it's an average MCU movie. There's nothing really wrong with it. I, so I'm not like going to attack it and say it's bad. It's not that it's bad. I just don't have a lot of interest in what they're selling me with it. Originally, when the movie was announced, I was not a fan of Benedict Cumberbatch's casting. I have come to appreciate his take on the character more over time, but I still say this movie did not do that for me. <laughs> I still don't care about him being in this role in this film. They haven't quite cracked the code yet. They do later, because uh, I think current Doctor Strange is really fun to watch, but he's not fun to watch in this one. And yeah, the once the, oh, we forgot this is a comic book movie stuff kicks in and it turns into saving the world, it just is a little little too formulaic with a little not enough of the charm and stuff that helps prop up the other movies that also follow this, the, the formula. So it's fine. I see now why I didn't watch it or rewatch it, but I don't need it. I think that's a, I think that's a fair take is that you don't really need this movie because if you look at the stories that they set up in the growth, again, that you've seen from Doctor Strange, you get that in so many other movies and you don't really need this one to go back to. If you're cycling through the Marvel movies, I don't think you need this one because, and and, I'm, and that intrigues me as to where they're going to go with the next one because they don't, I haven't seen Rachel McAdams since this, maybe every now, maybe like a blip here and there. She would tell Elijah for I haven't seen his character in any way, shape or form. And so it is. Really interesting to see how they're going to, if they're even going to pick up those strings, because again, I don't think you need it. Dr. Strange has been involved in so many other things at this point in time, especially going back to Spider-Man and, and everything that they try to tie it into. I just don't think that this storyline that they have in this one 
has a way to carry over unless Dormammu is like the big main baddie next. And I don't think that's the case. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see where, because another aspect you have to, we have to think about whenever we watch these movies now, these newest, these newer ones especially, is how, I don't, I still don't really love this word, but it's how the blip factors in. Dorm, this movie, gosh, we'll get to the end at some point, but I, I got to say, one of the aspects of this movie I do love is she would sell as Baron Mordo. I do think that he is a very interesting ally who turns to rival or foe I by the end. And I think just to interject real quick, I think that's where the story could have been where you don't necessarily even need Mads. You need Chiwetel mm-hmm. uh, and yeah. Doctor Strange and Wong and the Ancient One and the, the rivalry that's going on there in that issue. That's the story. And the, the natural split of Mordo being more, being more, uh, for lack of oh. better words, conservative and Strange being more progressive in what they can do to save the world and him saying, and the, the divide they have about, okay, you fixed this problem today. We're going to suffer for it later. You know what I mean? And I, I just can't, I can't get by with that. And that, that division could have made for a really interesting movie within itself without having to involve Caecilius or even if, even if the, the, by their own actions, they accidentally open this path to the dark dimension and Dormammu almost shows up. That could have at least been, okay, there was a tease of something scarier out there yeah. that Strange and Mordo were able to get put to, put away. But it'll be interesting because five years went by. Was Mordo alive for those five years? Did he somewhat accomplish what his mission was? Did he and Wong, since we, we know thanks to uh, No Way Home that Wong was around, did he and Wong make an alliance, make a truce? and fix the problem that is teased at the end of this movie? Or is that going to reemerge? I think I have seen that based on the cast list that Chuzel is in the new movie. So it'd be interesting to see how they want to handle that. Do they want to just drop it? Is it still there? We'll, we'll have to see. But I like his, there's, there's sort of a, a supervillain origin here. And I feel like if they hadn't gone, if, if, if Infinity War and Endgame and No Way Home hadn't sparked this whole new interest in the multiverse, Doctor Strange 2, could have been a very different movie than what we're sure. getting now. Yeah. yeah, it's it's 2016 wasn't that terribly long ago, all things considered. But it is interesting to look at this movie from the perspective of how different Marvel movies are now, because they don't really make solo movies anymore. You can you they obviously have movies that are like Spider-Man No Way Home and Thor Love and Thunder. But they are not the, they have, the other Avengers always appear in other movies now. Yeah. This wasn't the case yet back then. No. So it's, it's a whole different way of storytelling that they've switched to. No, the, the supporting casts of these movies have gone from being their own characters in those shows to being the other superheroes in a lot of ways. They're, they don't, you don't need, for Thor Ragnarok, he didn't need a Natalie Portman love interest because they could bring in the Hulk and still have Loki around and then bring in Valkyrie, other superhero people to be the supporting cast. Or in Spider-Man, part of the supporting cast can be Doctor Strange and can be other Spider-Men. So you things have, have changed a lot. And, and we started to see that change with Cap- Captain America Civil War. But uh, yeah, I don't know. It's so, I, 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 it's hard to think about this movie now because I do remember not hating it, in 2016, but thinking, I remember saying in 2016, and I've said this about a few MCU movies that I, I walked out and I was like, that was, that was an okay movie. I don't think it's going to be Dr. Strange's best movie. 
because I don't think Thor's movie is Thor's best movie is not his first. And I would even say Captain America's first movie is not his best. So I, I feel this way about Captain Marvel too. I have a feeling that her sequel ended up being even better. And I think Dr. Strange, I, I, I'm very much looking forward to Multiverse of Madness because I do think that Dr. Strange has actually become a fairly recognizable character over the last six years because of his supporting roles in, in Avengers movies and other movies. His this portal thing is very iconic at this point. The spinning, the spinning ring of fire portals have become very iconic. He's also very Tony Starkian at this point in time. He's filled that role, especially for Spider-Man, it seems at this point in time that he is stepping in. And I, and for a long time there, have, I feel like there have always been a lot of similarities between Dr. Strange and, um, Iron Man and, oh my God, I've gone blank. Tony Stark, uh, and as far as like billionaire, eccentric, arrogant, very full of themselves. The difference is, and, and David, you mentioned this, is that he doesn't, Dr. Strange doesn't quite have that charm and charisma. He's more dry, and that comes across as very arrogant, even more than Tony Stark. But he has grown, and people, we have seen those softer sides and those elements, and that he cares, and that he knows what's coming. And so it, it is interesting going into this next one, Especially because it's uh, Sam Raimi and it's going to be a horror film. So I'm very intrigued where they go with this character in this next story. It's going to be interesting. Yeah, I think the last few years, the last few film appearances have allowed him to become this sort of like um, assumed expert, let's say. Like he is like everybody just implicitly trusts him a little bit because... Oh, I know, you know a lot of people, oh, I never saw Doctor Strange, but he's the Sorcerer Supreme, so he must be a pretty big deal. And people just kind of implicitly trust him when he says stuff. Like, he's very, he has a lot of authority, I think, in the MCU right now. And he's not necessarily in a, he's, if we do have another Avengers movie, it's very possible he's not in it. It's very interesting that he's been in this sort of console. This, so this is something that I, I think I, I'm aware of in the comics is that a lot of times Doctor Strange, when he's not in his own comic books, is like a consultant. Spider-Man or... Iron Man will just show up at Doctor Strange's and be like, yeah, I'm going through this weird thing. This is like magic to you. Even so much that we see Wong appear in Shang-Chi giving some, some magic expertise at the end of that movie. So like the, the breadth of what they have Doctor Strange and Wong, for that matter, involved in is pretty wide. Wong's been in like six movies. Going back to this original one, one thing that I, I would say that the action in this is weak. I would say that the comic book elements that you would normally get are not overly strong. They're not going to get your mm -hmm. interest. There's no, I, I don't think there's really anything that stands out except the effects. I think that it is this Marvel meets Inception meets this baby hands on baby hands thing that bothers me to the depths of my soul. But it, I think that the effects are still really interesting, but I also look back and go, Man, I remember they were making a big deal. They thought this might be too weird. And now it's just whatever. <laughs> like, yeah. it is. it has become so tame compared to what we have gotten that it is still weird, but it, I've also seen weirder from Marvel. Yeah, so yeah that, back at that. The, the sizzle reel of the multi multiverse that we get when she sends them flying time and space, I think was, was and still is pretty cool because I feel like it still is a pretty neat promise. The, for me, the baby hands is, 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 is strange and like the hands then forming Dr. Strange's face. And then Don't for me, it's always when he, he, he goes into his own eye and he's like grabbing on to like little, he flies in. That's always, it's always stuck with me is like the moment that I highlight. 
Um, um, like eye stuff. And then it, it's like baby hands, baby hands into an eye. And it's like the worst combo for me. I, I do agree, though. I think that the action, I feel like they tried to come up with unique things to do using magic. But unfortunately, after a while, it just comes down to people hitting each other with swords and shields magic or not and it's just not as captivating as it really could be or as imaginative as it could be there is a really fun shot uh, a little fun like very small moment where strange is running and he throws like a cabinet down behind him and kaecilius is chasing him and kaecilius runs up the wall and back down really fast like he runs up the wall and down as though there's no gravity or, or as though his gra- he, he, he's the gravitational center and he just moves the earth briefly around him. There's another shot where they're in the mirror verse. This is really impressive when you watch on the, the IMAX version, if you, if you can on Disney Plus, where they're running down the street and there's two cars coming at him. And Kaecilius makes the cars move over and this, what happens is the screen goes and it feels like the screen widens as opposed to him moving the cars like, fizz, like out of the way. The screen goes like wider so that, that that's a cool moment i think but generally speaking a lot of the action too a lot of the the the, the world bending and stuff just becomes noise after a while like you just can't process it all and there's just so much going on i think that it was ambitious and they they, they wanted to but there's only i feel like i feel like they're they've gotten better at it now i feel like they've really between dr strange and wanda they've really figured out what magic looks like for them and it's getting better the the world bending effect i think is like probably the most consequential thing to come out of this movie because it is a cool effect and they have maintained it in other in the other movies dr strange appears in there's always some kind of world bending thing and the way that they demonstrate like buildings folding in on itself and running along the sides of them that's cool stuff and and without this movie we may not have that so that that is a really cool part that they brought to the to the overall universe. Yep. Oh, oh, Josh, me and Garrett have been talking for a minute. You guys, anything else that stands out to you that you want to bring up? I think I just did. <laughs> I think it's the tough. world bending thing is is the uh, main thing that stands out to me from the movie because it just yeah once once the the Mads Mikkelsen stuff kicks in, I'm I I lose a lot of interest. I'm, yeah. I'm going uh, to add, oh, I'm going to add a bit that is inconsequential, but I do. And that's that I try, I did, I tried to do some research to make sure that I, this was true. And I, based on what I found, I think it is that they made the choice to make Steven's cloak sort of sentient, which it's not necessarily in the comics. It, it just allows the user to fly and they gave it a mind of its own in this movie. And I think that in lieu of not have in lieu of his two sidekicks, both being very serious and not laughing, it is nice that the one element of comic relief that does work in this movie is this cloak that has a mind of its own that keeps saving Steven from his own, making him make better decisions and stuff and getting in his, getting in his face and fighting for him when it needs yeah. to. No offense to, no offense to Wong, but the cape is the best sidekick. It is. And it, it and, and the, it has continued to be in yeah. other appearances. I, I, I think that they've, they obviously could have gone further. It reminds me a lot of the magic carpet in Aladdin. And, uh, but I, I think that was a, I think that was a cool choice. I think, I think it obvious, I think it, it has obvious appeal and they could have done, they could have done dopier stuff with it, but I think <clears throat> just that first shot of it helping him and then it pulling him away when he's about to get stabbed and it pulling him towards the, the trap as opposed to 
the weapons. I think it, it really it really tells you everything you need without saying anything. So I think that was a cool choice because because it could have just yeah it could have just been an inanimate object like it like it normally is. What I think is crazy as I'm looking at Scott Derrickson's filmography right now is that this is like the only movie he's directed that's not a horror film. And I'm really intrigued by that, considering how they've decided to shift toward somewhat more of a horror theme for this next one. Yeah. Why he, why him, why was it him in the first place when he's a known horror director? And this is yeah. the guy who made I have two, I do have two things about that. The Exorcism so, of Emily Rose. Right. Sinister. Mm. Sinister 2. Delivers from email, e email, from evil. And then he's got the black phone coming out soon, which is that Ethan Hawke. So anyway. I, uh, I read, I read uh, that Scott and the uh, writer, his co-writer for the film, wanted to push those, those horror elements a little bit more. And Marvel asked him to pull it back a little bit and, and we'll save it for the sequel, which at that point they fully intended to keep Scott. And Scott was on for Multiverse of Madness for a while. And then they split over wanting, uh, Scott really wanted to do Black Phone and the schedule with Doctor Strange just wasn't going to allow him to, to do both. So I think he wanted to uh, go for horror. They wanted to really do that. And there are a few good scare moments in this that they try to sneak in there. How he got the job, I just read this the other day in Variety, I think. He spent a lot of money. He made a full 20-page storyboard for the with, with like voice acting and everything to present to Marvel for why he wanted to do Doctor Strange. It's actually, he storyboarded the scene where Dr. Palmer is trying to resuscitate him and he's having the fight in the astral plane. He storyboarded that whole scene. That was the first thing that was ever done for this movie. And also he that scene Marvel and all these animatics and stuff. He, he said he spent like, he said he spent a couple hundred dollars in his pitch. And he goes, luckily, I got paid back for it because whenever they went with me, they had to buy all that stuff. Yeah, that's a great scene. I also agree with that. That's a beautiful scene. One, one other thing that I wanted to bring up only is the casting of Tilda Swinton as the ancient one. It's it's a problematic thing. The, the, it, the We weren't quite casting correctly at the time still uh it's it, still not quite where we needed to be but this one was definitely could have been better i understand the dilemma they felt like they were in and i feel like the solution was easier than they made it because they're thinking to themselves we don't want to perpetuate old asian stereotypes of the wise old man in the hills and so they're thinking let's be progressive and we'll cast a very prominent female actress and it blew up in their face as they were accused of whitewashing. And I, and I think probably the right way to go would just to have been to cast an Asian woman, uh, a prominent Asian woman. And that probably maybe could have gotten, gotten, gotten past some of that awkwardness, but unfortunately it is what it is. I also think it, but down the character writing. If you don't want that character to be that way, don't write the character that way. I know. I think is it's a stronger it character is. worthy of the name, the Asian one. Like I think it would have been hard to avoid even if they were, even if it was a well-written character, I think people would have said, oh, just going back to the old cliches, no matter how good it is, I think sometimes. And they didn't get any real, they, they, there's a lot of gender, or not gender, but different interpretations of this. Mordo is a European Transylvanian guy in the comics here. He's played by British, African, Jewish, for I don't know how you say that, but anyway, it is, it is weird. I think people have come to like Tilda Swinton in the role uh, over time. But you're right. You got real quick box office numbers there, Dave? Oh, I got real quick and I got real long. I can do either way. Doctor Strange opened up in uh, November. Still so long. Ago. November 4th, election weekend, I believe, of 2016. So 85, I, I don't remember that movie. 
$85 million at the box office. Uh, and the number two spot, it opened up against Trolls, which brought in $46.5 million. Number three, uh, Hacksaw Ridge with $15.1. And number four, Boo, Amadea Halloween, was in his third weekend. And at number five, we called Inferno. Doctor Strange would go on to make $232 million in the United States, 445 overseas for a worldwide total of $677 million. That $232, uh, not bad. It was one of 13 movies to make over $200 million that year. It would finish just $2 million behind Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. You can see our review of that, or you can watch and listen to our review of that movie right now. The number one movie of 2016 in the United States, Rogue One, A Star Wars Story, followed by Finding Dory, Captain America Civil War, The Secret Life of Pets, and The Jungle Book, the uh, John Favreau's The Jungle Book, which I actually dig. Worldwide, the story is very much the same. You just swap Captain America and Rogue One there at the top of the, the chart. The only other, the only other stat I was going to bring up was the where it sits in the MCU, Doctor Strange, in terms of its lifetime gross is down at number 18, which you think, wow, that's low. But there are 24 of these things. And some movies, are they, they got to go in a certain order. At 232, it's just behind Captain America, the Winter Soldier, and uh, just above Shang-Chi, which did come out towards the end of a pandemic. So I think, and in terms of opening, it's also middle of the road. And so there you go, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, the number 13 movie of 2016. Let's go to the letterbox here. Yeah, let's look at some... Uh... A few, a few of the most popular letterbox reviews for this movie. See what the people are saying. We've got easily one of my favorite Marvels. The MC Escher-esque visuals are pretty rad. We talked about that. There you go. Um, the shot where Mads gets imprisoned by the saw-like mechanical trap is fire. Mm -hmm. That is, it's like a weird dance move that he does. When the words Doctor Strange will return appeared on screen, someone literally screamed, Of course it will! Fuck! And I have never related more to any human being ever. Oh, uh, yeah. I forgot I was going to talk. I was going to say something about that. Go ahead. I hope Rachel McAdams got that sweet money for successfully pretending to be attracted to a lizard man hybrid. Ayo. And finally, Thor. No Marvel movie can waste their female lead like I wasted Natalie Portman. Doctor Strange, hold my beer. Yeah. Yep. Or Absolutely true. So with that in mind, let's all, let's all do some guesses. Uh, I think this one's going to have her in the 2.7 range. I think it's okay. going to Okay. I'm going to say it's a... Uh, I'm going to guess like a 3.1. Okay. Hmm. I want to say 3.3, I think. Let's see. We actually have a decent spectrum for us. We do. They're not all okay. different. What if I told you we all went too low? Oh, wow, really? Surprisingly enough, that does mean that I get to say I won since I'm the closest, oh, but it is 3.5. 3.5, a solid in the middle, 3.5. Yeah. 3.5 from the Letterbox community, which is like our like our favorite movie app, so go download it if you haven't yet. Make an account and follow all of us. Our names, you can search it. All right, well, that unofficially puts Josh... Oh, no, wait, officially that puts Josh at 3. Okay. Right now I'm in the lead of the Letterbox game, 4. Garrett okay. two, Josh three, and Andrew with one. Okay. Which Great. that's no knock on Andrew. He's only been in a few shows this year. Right. right. Busy boy. Um, what are our rankings there, friends? Two and a half, I think. I wonder. No. Three. 
Uh, it's, it's okay. Good. It's not. It's not terrible. I I'm gonna give it a two because I am quite disappointed in it. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. Based on what I, I just pulled up my MCU list on Letterboxd, and I have previously have given it a three and a half, and I'm fine with that. I'm fine with keeping. Hey, it. that is perfectly three and a half. Perfectly in line with the Letterbox community. And I, I would say that I feel that way more so now. Like I said, I enjoyed this. Good. Good deal. I am excited for the Multiverse of Madness, which we will be reviewing. So be sure you subscribe to the show if you haven't yet so you don't miss that. Mm -hmm. uh, SoManySequels.com. You can find our list of the apps that we're on, uh, podcast apps. And there's a video version on YouTube. You can subscribe to that as well. And then, of course, if you go to Patreon, if you really like the show, you can support us. With a few bucks, that would be cool. Patreon.com slash so many sequels. Make it rain on your boys. We that need it. That would be awesome. So we'll be back next time. We've got a fun summer lined up for everybody. We got, we got a Top Gun sequel to look forward to. And we've got this, obviously. And, and We've heard inside rumors that the new Top Gun is going to make dads everywhere the happiest human beings alive. So be prepared. Yeah, it's very oh, possible. Boy. So we'll, we'll see you guys next time. All right. Bye.